When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Fellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, today is, this is going to be sort of a, a call, an appeal to you, the greatest, you know, aquarium minds and aquascapers and breeders and all in the world. Now, first, let me give you a bit of personal experience. Um, Imagine, if you will, managing your aquarium without having at least some expectations about what will happen as it establishes itself and it evolves. You can't really, right? I mean, as aquarists, we learn to expect the unexpected, but we also have a very predictable set of expectations based on decades of experience from those who came before us. I've always liked the idea of building little ecosystems from the ground up. I found this appealing as a kid with my first aquarium and to this day it guides my aquarium builds be they reef brackish freshwater black water whatever the idea that even in a little glass or acrylic box of water we're building a small ecosystem and the conceptual this kind of you know conceptual framework is sort of guided virtually every aspect of my aquarium work my trade craft if you will uh, for many years as it has many of yours and taking it further though i suggest that we apply this mindset to even aquascaping, the, that, that, that art of making your tank look good. Every piece of wood, every substrate material, every leaf, every botanical is part of a functioning biological or ecological system. And although we might more easily appreciate the appearance of the tank, the function of the items within it, and indeed the overall system, is vitally important. The best looking aquarium that's not biologically friendly will never achieve good results, right? And yet the aesthetic and design component is important too, don't get me wrong. But it's amazing how the aesthetic just sort of comes together when you think about the function of the ecosystem that you're creating in your aquarium. So much has been, you know, written about and talked about on forums and online and so forth about finding that perfect piece of wood or the rock or whatever. And so much attention has been placed to the art component of the equation by people attempting to replicate nature in some sort of formula. And that's okay, but I often wish these same incredible talent and energy would be applied to creating more holistic aquariums. Imagine the term functional. And think about the long-term functional results of creating a tank like that. I can't help but wonder if even more incredible yet more functional aquascapes and habitats can be created by looking more closely at nature and the way life colonizes physical structures, indeed creates them, as in reefs, for example, in attempting to develop an aquascape from the ground up and habitat. Yeah, literally building the habitat, starting with substrate designed to foster beneficial microfauna and serve as a microhabitat for them and to create niches for fishes as well. To some extent, you know, planted aquariums, or planted aquarists, I suppose, do this already when they use substrate additives designed for aquatic plants and adding layers of specific nutrient-laden materials, etc. I love that idea. And I, as you know, I'm a big fan of substrates and the sedimented substrates that we play with here. I think we need to take it further. We need to take into account the needs of small crustaceans, worms, and the, the fauna that lives in the substrate, a real sort of active substrate for aquariums. 
The implication for aquascapers is the ability to create a more realistic representation of nature as it is and to understand how life arises around the physical structures and the accumulations of materials. To a certain extent, an approach like this allows the aquarium to sort of dictate how the aquascape will look and evolve, just like in nature. You could take it further and manipulate water flow patterns and stuff like that to allow you know, botanical materials like leaves and so forth to accumulate in certain areas or allow stands of certain types of plants to grow in specific locations within the aquarium. Understanding or at least observing how physical barriers like wood and rocks are oriented by water currents, local geology, and even weather and how they impact the movement of water in a given area, that can really help you create some interesting aquascapes. Rather than relying on inspiration from somebody else's work or from a, you know, looking at a big mountain range and going, ah, I'm going to duplicate that in an aquarium. And then, you know, studying why people orient wood a certain way in their tanks. You could just embrace a certain degree of rebelliousness and let the flow of your water dictate the placement and orientation of the wooden rocks. And even the distribution, the depth, the composition of the substrate. Of course, you can just look at any natural body of water, such as a stream, a creek, whatever, and see exactly how nature does a layout and be assured of something that'll work. I mean, many of you already do, but based on the number of, you know, fantasy forest dioramas that we still see featured in, you know, you know on Instagram and everywhere else, I'd say that more than a few scapers are spending too much time in Middle Earth. Yeah, get back to planet Earth here, guys. Lately, it's been all the rage among, you know, competitive aquascapers to break the water line with wood and it's cool i mean i like it i do that too it kind of looks neat to see the wood coming out you'd have to admit albeit a little bit sheepishly that after seeing several hundred picks of tanks with driftwood you know heading out of the water and having done a bunch myself i can't help but think it's becoming a little bit too much of a formula you know assemble you know group of rare aquascaping rocks insert manzanita branches in vertical orientation you know with respect to golden ratio and break the water line done yawn yeah lately I think that we've been we've been seeing a little too much of that. Now, how about approaching this from the standpoint of how and why this would actually occur in nature? I mean, ask yourself, under what circumstances would a piece of wood break the water line? If you study some streams and other bodies of water, the reasons are relatively few, but they're readily apparent. Like one of the few scenarios, basically. One, uh, a big branch falls into shallow water with part of it sticking up out of the water. Two, uh, a fallen branch, a limb, a tree trunk, or an entire tree is covered by water when a seasonal inundation submerges the forest floor. Three, a tree or shrub growing actively along a actively flowing river or stream becomes partially submerged by a large seasonal influx of rain or tidal you know, increase. There, done. Same for rocks and the distribution of substrate materials, botanical materials, leaves, and all that stuff. If we ask ourselves how and why these materials accumulate the way they do in nature, the answers create really many interesting and inspiring situations for aquascaping. Making the study of natural stu you know, structures in aquatic habitats part of our inspiration lookbook and incorporating them into our trade craft has, in my opinion, always yielded more interesting long-term functional aquariums than just copying the next guy's you know, idea. Now, look, again, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade and state you know, categorically that every tank with wood sticking out of the water sucks. I mean, come on, I can see the hate mail coming already. I suppose to some, it seems like every time I approach this subject, it becomes a critique on what I see as the current state of the art in aquascaping. And I suppose that to some extent it is, because even the so-called aquascaping elite need a little kick in the ass now and again. You guys are better than this. I hear from many in the, you know, natural or botanical method, you know, crowd that we're a part of who tell me about getting, 
soundly trashed by serious aquascapers. I love that term, serious aquascapers, when they show their work off. And I get a little bit perturbed, I guess. So uh, a very kind, unkind attack leveled recently at a member of our community sort of inspired this little rant today. I mean, have your fun the way you want, but don't knock the work of those who are pursuing a different path. But I'm going to knock you because I can. No, just kidding. I'm going to knock you because I want to give you guys some some different type of inspiration. I think you've got amazing talent and some of you are just approaching it the wrong way. I'm just saying that in addition to these purely artistic interpretations, which are beautiful for the most part, I'll give you that, even more amazing, more functionally aesthetic and realistic aquariums can be created by simply looking at what caused these little scenes in nature to form and assembling the components based on that. Pretty much every time I've seen a world-class aquascaper try to take the approach of replicating something from an aquatic environment in nature, as opposed to looking at, you know, a mountain or, you know, some non-aquatic part of the landscape or even last year's big contest winner or whatever. And every time they've done that and utilized that as the inspiration for his or her scape, the result's been astounding. So the talent's there. You guys got this. And it's really cool when the attitude isn't. So do something different. We as a hobby have to get out of that comfort zone of creating perfectly artistic interpretations of stylized natural settings. Most so-called natural aquascapes are to a real aquatic habitat what a concept car is to your family sedan. You know, hot looking, they're idealized representations with some features from nature, but not really accurate portrayals of nature as it is. Again, I love these types of tanks. I admire them and I am in awe of my friends that have the talent to create them. Yet we can't forget nature's a random, dirty, and often chaotic place. Stuff happens in nature for a reason. It tells a story and that's what makes it every bit as compelling as any highly stylized conceptual scape. Just because you give it a crazy name doesn't tell a story. But the way a piece of wood falls and orients itself when there's flow and growth around it, that sort of starts to tell a story, doesn't it? And there's actually a more important reason to portray you know, nature as it really appears. Because that's the environment or the habitat in which our fishes have evolved. And with more and more of these you know, incalculably priceless natural habitats disappearing every year because of man's impact on the environment, now more than ever, it's important to create some more realistic replications of these habitats. Yes, I'm kind of venturing into biotope country here, I guess. Uh, But it'll help us understand them, appreciate them, and preserve them. And it's been proven throughout history mankind protects what he or she admires. In my opinion, last year's world championship, you know, fantasy forest aquascape, beautiful as though it may be, might inspire a few people. But it will never have the impact and lasting educational value of an aquarium which attempts to replicate the function and the form of a truly natural aquatic habitat. Meet nature where it is, accept it, and be inspired by it. Execute an aquarium now and again that follows nature's formula. That should be part of your little tradecraft there. You know, again, to all of you great ones out there, and there's tons of you, please keep doing what you're doing, pushing and inspiring everybody and, you know, changing the world and all. But please keep an open mind, a kind heart, and push in a few different directions now and again. Look over your shoulder at nature. She's got some really killer ideas. And guess what? In doing that, you might just change the world. Stay bold. Stay active, stay humble, stay empathetic, stay curious, stay inspirational because that's what you do best. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Bellman from Tenant Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.